Welcome to the Data Scientist Podcast with Dr. Stylianos Kabakis. Dr. Kabakis is a data scientist, statistician, and blockchain expert with a mission to educate the public about the wonderful capabilities of technologies like AI, data science, and DLTs. These technologies have the potential to transform the world, the economy, and our lives. However, there is too much misinformation around tech, and so most people are just confused about what is true and what is not. Whether you are a CEO, an entrepreneur, or just an enthusiast, the Data Scientist Podcast helps you separate reality from hype. Hi, everyone. On this episode, we're going to talk about deep learning, and more specifically, we're going to talk about some of the most important ideas that appeared in the history of deep learning. So this episode is a historical overview for those of you who are interested in deep learning and would like to know a bit more. So deep learning, I mean, is there are two things that make it special. First of all, it is one of those ideas that had such profound impact in computer science and machine learning in the AI community that it's difficult to overstate its importance. There are many, many applications of deep learning right now, from speech recognition to image generation, that, you know, we, we couldn't actually do these things before the advent of deep learning. And deep learning changed the game for many of these applications. At the same time, it's a very special domain in the sense that it's constantly shifting, right? So there are some people who believe that deep learning will eventually lead us to general artificial intelligence, Others believe that this may not be the case, but whatever the truth, we can all agree that deep learning is represents as a domain a very powerful set of tools and technologies. And it's easy to forget about the history of deep learning when it's moving so fast, and this is why I wanted to, to run this episode. So let's start. I'm going to talk about a few networks which I feel have shaped the deep learning community and the AI community. And I'll start with AlexNet, which is a network that showed up in 2012. So AlexNet is probably, we could say that it was the network that started everything. I mean, there were other deep learning networks, obviously, before that. But when AlexNet showed up, it just changed the game for computer vision. So AlexNet was created by Alex Krzyzewski in Jeff Hinton's laboratory. And it completed the ImageNet large-scale visual recognition challenge on September the 30th, 2012. And it achieved an amazing score. It achieved a score that was around 11 percentage points better than the runner-up. Yeah, and uh, AlexNet incorporated many interesting ideas like dropout or convolutions, which have been uh, used by Jan Lecan in Lenet a few b before, like AlexNet. And it demonstrated that deep learning is a great method for computer vision. And since then, deep learning has been the standard method to solve computer vision problems. And ever since AlexNet, like the, the techniques that were used in it, like uh, convolutions and dropout, they have been a standard in the deep learning community. And then in 2013, one year after AlexNet, DeepMind, which was later acquired by Google, showed that it's possible to use reinforcement learning in order to train an algorithm, a deep neural network, 
to play a video game by using the raw pixels as the input. And when they showed up, when this research appeared, it blew everyone's mind because the algorithm essentially is building a representation of the world by getting the raw visual input. So the, the rules of the game, they have not been encoded in the algorithm. It just sees an image and then it extracts the information from the pixels and understands how to play a game. So this was, the, I'd say, the first time in, you know, in, a, in the AI community in the recent, let's say, decades, when people actually believed that, yeah, this, this technology might be the one to lead us to general AI. And since then, DeepMind has created many other interesting algorithms like AlphaGo, which is an algorithm that plays Go and is essentially unbeatable, even by the best players in Go in the world. And also other games like Dota, StarCraft, etc. But, and, the, and you know, it's quite impressive what these algorithms can do, like deep reinforcement learning. But nevertheless, they've been criticized as not being the solution to general AI. And whether that's true or not, it's a big conversation. But I'd say that, yeah, we can do things which look like general AI with deep reinforcement learning, but it's, I don't think that this might be the answer to general AI for the sole reason that these algorithms are not efficient at all. They still require a huge amount of computational resources. But in any case, 2012 AlexNet, 2013 deep reinforcement learning by DeepMind. These were some very interesting years, very rapid developments in the neural network community. And then in 2014, we started having the neural networks, encoder, decoder networks with attention. Yeah, so we started having uh, neural networks which could be used in order to interpret language and translate from one language to, to the other. Sequence to sequence networks translate from one sequence to the other. Major advance and uh, the, this, this was a standard language processing for a couple of years until Transformers came about, which I'm going to talk about soon. But after 2014, in 2014, sorry, there was another significant discovery, and this was the ADAM learning method, the ADAM optimizer, which allowed the very rapid and efficient optimization of neural networks without the requirement to tune the hyperparameters. So neural networks, as people who work in this area know, are very sensitive to hyperparameters, and the Adam Optimizer essentially enabled researchers to very quickly optimize neural networks without worrying too much about the hyperparameters. And this was a huge win because it allowed rapid experimentation with different, different architectures. And then in 2014, again in 2015, we saw the GAN explosion, generative adversarial networks. This is an area I particularly like and I'm very active in this area. And I mean, again, the importance of GANs can, can be overstated. They're used, initially they were used as a cool gimmick to generate, you know, just to demonstrate that we can generate realistic images. But now GANs are a very, very hot technology. NVIDIA is investing very heavily in GANs. And, and the reason is that using GANs, we can, I mean, creativity was, was for a long time the domain of humans. And, and with GANs, Creativity is now being invaded by machines. And we can use GANs to do things like generate 
uh, faces, generate even if we want whole scenes or like people that don't exist, but with a degree of realism that it's, you know, it's basically like the real world. And obviously the applications are endless. I wouldn't be surprised if in a few years we see TV anchors, we see virtual influencers being generated by guns on demand. So someone would be able to say, hey, you know what, I want, I want an artificial persona who's going to, to read the news every night, or I want an artificial persona that's going to throw, uh, I don't know, a concert online or something like this, and, and we can generate this through a gun. It, it, it's, it's extremely impressive. And then moving on from 2014-2015, we go to 2017 where Transformers were created and much like AlexNet revolutionized computer vision, Transformers revolutionized natural language processing. So Transformers, this was a new at that time architecture for natural language processing based on attention. And essentially what Transformers did was make learning in natural language processing more efficient. So traditionally, natural language processing and neural networks was tackled through recurrent neural networks, but Transformer replaced recurrent neural networks with attention, and apparently this works much better and faster. And this gave rise to other techniques like BERT and ELMO. These are techniques which allowed transfer learning for the first time in the history of NLP, which means that you can take, you can train a network on a large corpus of text, and then this is going to create a representation of the language, including the syntax, the grammar, etc. And from there, you can use this network in order to transfer this knowledge and retrain it for more specific problems. So you can train, for example, a model that has been pre-trained yeah, and then create a chatbot with it, yeah, or create a customer assistant. And this is a revolutionary idea because with transfer learning, uh, you can have uh, big companies or research institutions with the resources to train networks, to build the fundamentals, to learn the fundamentals of a language. And then anyone else can use these networks for any kind of application they wish. And now we're in 2020, and it looks like deep learning is not going to stop anytime soon. There might be some slowing down in terms of the number of papers that we're seeing, uh, but the, you know, every time I hear this, then there's another impressive application showing up. Uh, one such application is one such network is GPT-3, which is a transformer-based network for natural language processing, which can do all sorts of stuff, like for example, code. Yeah, and it contains 170 billion parameters. Very impressive, and this demonstrates that the, the, the main trend in deep learning, which has been based on using uh, more and more data uh, and more and more computational power, is not going to stop anytime soon. While researchers are also coming up with smarter techniques, in the end of the day, it looks like computational power and data is winning the game. Uh, that being said, deep learning, one of the main criticisms is that it's quite inefficient. So it remains to see whether there will be some advances which will make models like GPT-3 more efficient. Since this model cannot be used in, you know, it's not, it's not like you can download this model on an average laptop and use it, yeah? So we, we still get a long way to go in order to create 
general AI. But that being said, deep learning it has shown amazing promise. It has given us some great applications. So the future looks pretty exciting. So thank you for listening. I hope you liked this brief historical overview of deep learning. If you want to know more about how deep learning can be used or or how it can help your business or if you want to become a data scientist yourself, make sure to check out my blog, thedatascientist.com. So thank you for being here with me and I hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit thedatascientist.com for more content about data science, AI, and blockchain.